Australia's Sydney Harbour is one of the most famous harbours there are. With this distinctive opera house, amazing architecture, and at 440 feet, the tallest steel arch bridge in the world. There are over 150 miles of shoreline in the harbour, punctuated by unspoiled beaches, picturesque gardens, and pockets of natural bush and wilderness areas. The harbour itself is a water wonderland that draws tourism from all over the world. From people who want to study Sydney's rich history, to those who want to partake in wreck activities, Maybe enjoy a scenic island picnic or ride those hoping to spot some unique wildlife. One attraction, long loved by tourists and locals alike, is an amusement park by the name of Luna Park at Milsons Point. It first opened back in 1935. When the night of June 9, 1979, a terrible disaster occurred when one of the park's dark rides, a ghost train, suddenly burst into flames. Dozens of people escaped thankfully. But due to low staffing and inadequate fire safety measures, seven people were tragically lost in the blaze, including one adult and six children. Infamously considered to be one of the most popular unsolved cases in Australian history, the following is the account of the events that shaped that night and all the strangeness that surrounds it. everybody welcome back to wicked garden podcast i'm your host mike and tonight i'm joined by my co-host she's back i am back hi it's tracy i'm your co-host and we also have witness g on the phone what's up jay how you doing everybody so tonight we got an interesting show we're going to talk a little bit about a uh i was surfing around looking for ideas for shows um and i saw a picture that was super super creepy and when i got the story behind it i said we've got to do the show even though it's, you know, for a subject from Australia. So uh, before we get into that, uh, let's take care of a little bit of business. If you got a haunting, cryptid sighting, UFO sighting, uh, please get in touch with us. We'd love to have your story, talk about it, uh, have you on the show. There's two ways to get in touch with us. Uh, number one is our email, which is wickedgardenpodcast at gmail.com. And the other one is our hotline, which is 609-800-5130. If you call there, you can leave us a three-minute message. Uh, and we can get back to you. So uh, we're going to talk tonight, uh, as you heard in the intro, about the Luna Park ghost train fire in Sydney, Australia, and we'll be right back to talk about that in a few seconds. I'm Nick, the host of the UFO Chronicles podcast, with first-hand witness accounts of the strange and unexplained, covering UFOs, cryptids, conspiracies, and the paranormal. 
Real people, real encounters. So come with us on the journey into the unknown. UFO Chronicles podcast is available to listen to on all apps. I'll see you soon. So, Luna Park Ghost Train Fire. So, Luna Park is an amusement park uh, in Sydney, Australia. It's actually located in the harbor, as you heard there in the intro. It is a uh, very iconic place there. It sits right at the base of the Harbor Bridge, and it sits opposite of the Sydney Opera House, which everybody knows it has its famous sales. So, on June 9th, 1979, there was a horrible fire there in a dark ride, which is called the Ghost Train. This is just like any other dark ride uh, that we would have over here uh, where you get in your little car, which is shaped like a train, and, you know, you go through, and there's props and stuff like that, maybe a couple jump scares. It was about 10 o'clock that night, and the fire was it moved really quickly. And originally they had said it was electrical wiring, um, and they find out later on that it's not. But within seconds, uh, this thing, you know, being around since 1935 was up like a match. Luckily, there were dozens of people inside. They managed to get most of them out, but unfortunately, seven people perished. And uh, the victims of the fire were Seamus Rahili, John Billing, Michael Johnson, Richard Carroll. And these four were schoolmates. And then there were three more uh, that we're going to talk le- talk about a little bit later. And they were the Godson family, or at least three, three out of four of the Godson family. Uh, and that was Craig Godson, John Godson, and Damien Godson, Craig and Damien being the sons. So, as I stated, you know, originally it was faulty wiring, which was initially blamed as the killers of the fire. Uh, later on, this was proved to be wrong, but there's some question about that too. Bottom line is there was no cause for the fire that was ever officially determined. And although the overwhelming opinion is that the fire was deliberately set, no arson- arsonist was ever identified, tried, or convicted. So we move way forward into the future, and in May of 2007, a woman named Ann Buckingham told the Sydney Morning Herald that she knew who was responsible. She was speaking with the Herald because her uncle, Abe Saffron, had just passed away. Abe was one of the most notorious gangsters in Sydney, Australia, and the reporter for the Sydney Morning Herald was basically just trying to get a, you know, a little bit of background information about about Abe and got a little bit more than she bargained for. That, that uh, reporter was Kate McLennan. She started to talk to Ann, and Ann told Kate that Saffron had had his eye on Luna Park for decades, trying repeatedly to purchase the property outright. He also used local officials to pressure the park and constantly harass the ownership. Ann said, I don't think people were meant to be killed in the fire. After the fire, Abe pushed really hard to take over the park. And, you know, he never did actually get control of it. Um, the coroner's report stated that Luna's Park's management had failed to develop an adequate fire suppression system despite recommendations by North Sydney Council and the Sydney Fire Department. 18 months earlier uh, was when they had told him this. It went on to say that although the park's management failed in their duty to care for their patrons, the failure did not rise to the level of negligence on the part of the leaseholder and park management. 
Uh, they had also hired a consultant uh, sometime earlier, and I think that was pretty much to appease local council. Uh, and that guy came in and said, no, you gotta, you're going to need a sprinkler system in that ghost train right away. Uh, and, of course, they never did that. Um, and never, they never got around to doing it. And one has to wonder, uh, you know, how that all fell under city council's nose without anybody noticing. Um, yeah, I think they were granted a uh, 12-month extension. That was all it needed, <laughs> unfortunately, you know, to have this terrible tragedy. That night, they had to actually even pump salt water out of the harbor to get this, this fire under control. It took over an hour to get the fire under control. Problem was... They just didn't respond to the fire quick enough. Uh, they were shorthanded that night. Somebody who was working a ride didn't show up. And the people who actually died, uh, the seven who died, were, were actually the people that were in the ride and actually got out of the cars uh, to try to get out. Uh, if most of the people that stayed in the car survived because the cars eventually made it through the ride, unbelievably, through all this, the ride never stopped running. Which is just really unusual, right? I mean, you would yeah. think, especially something built that long ago, maybe it was so mechanical that it was going to run regardless, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. Um, you know, so we're going to take a little bit of a left turn here before we talk about the rest of it and why we're even talking about it in the first place. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the Canaanites. Just for a few seconds, let's travel back to, to that time and talk about the Canaanite religion. Canaanite religion was a polytheistic religion, uh, widely practiced in ancient Levantaria from the early Bronze Age until the first century of the Common Era. Polytheistic religions worship the many gods for many different reasons. So each god having its influence over varying uh, desired outcomes. You know, for example, like when we pray to, uh, as Christians and Catholics, when we pray to St. Anthony to find something that's lost, that's kind of what these people did. They, they had their different gods for different reasons. One of those gods uh, was a god by the name of Moloch. And Moloch is the biblical name for a Canaanite god who worshipers gain favor uh, by sacrificing children to him. Mo Moloch is most often depicted as a man, uh, so he's got like a man's body and he's got the head of a bull. You know, Moloch is supposedly a god, but there's also some speculation that actually the word Moloch stands for the actual ritual of child sacrifice that was practiced by the Canaanites back then. And it's also a child sacrifice via fire, isn't it? Yeah, so here's, here's kind of what happens. Um, they build a bronze statue or a metal statue that resembles the god so it's a man's torso man's legs all that good stuff he's got his arms folded in front of him uh, he's got the bull's head and most of them have three eyes uh, and what they do is they heat this metal statue from the inside and they take their firstborn and they lay it in the arms of the metal statue and it slowly burns to death so aren't you wow. glad you were born in the 20th century yeah, for sure. <laughs> so uh, what the thought process was, because, you know, I looked all this up and I'm like, well, why would anybody, you know, do that? And the thought process was that if you were to give up your firstborn in this fashion, that you would uh, eventually be very rich and the rest of your family would be good to go for the rest of their lives. And you would have more children and it was like a fertility thing. Well, I wasn't the firstborn anyway, so I'm safe, right? Yeah, okay, you would have been. Cool. you would have been good. As a middle child. This is the time when you want to be a middle child. <laughs> right? I knew it was going to come in hurt. handy. 
Yeah. Are you the middle child, Jake? No, I'm the oldest. So I've been burnt. <laughs> so you and Mike are toast and yeah. Tracy rules the world. We're done. Yeah. The both of us. But, it, you know, we're laughing about it. It's just really brutal, right? Uh, that's who Moloch was. So, you know, why are we talking about Moloch? Well, the reason we're talking about Moloch is the picture. Um, so we, we talked a little bit about the Godson family. Uh, so we'll, we'll talk a little bit about them now and talk to you, you know, tell you about why we're talking about this picture. So in the picture itself, there is a man in a bull's horn mask. I would describe it as who, you know, has this like cow hide over his head and he's got these horns that come out the side. He's got little holes cut in it for his eyes and he has his arm around one of the Godson children who is actually Damien Godson. And that's the picture. Uh, now, nobody knew about this picture for quite some time uh, because the night of the fire, uh, the Godsons were on vacation. They were, you know, from rural part of Australia. And uh, Jenny Godson had been sick, really, really sick. And she had gotten a clean bill of health. So they decided to celebrate by taking a vacation and taking the boys into uh, the big city. So this was the last night of their vacation, and they had actually hit the zoo a little bit earlier that day uh, and then went back to an area that's uh, across from the park uh, because, you know, because Sydney Harbor is so water-based, everybody gets around with water taxis. So they had went back uh, from the zoo to their hotel and had had some dinner, and then they headed back to Circular K. And this is kind of when this picture is taken. But Jenny had completely forgotten about it. So they get on the ferry. Um, they go over. Uh, obviously, you know, they get on the ride. And the other weird thing was that when they were over in the park uh, at the Coney Island section, which they, they had kind of like a little bit of a Coney Island building where they had arcade games and, you know, some of the old slides that people used to go down. They, they were, you know, kind of paying tribute to Coney Island. You know, they had, it was getting late. They had four tickets left and Jenny wanted to ask the boys, Hey, you know, her and her husband said, you know, what do you guys want to ride? And they hadn't been on a ghost train yet. So, you know, of course they said, let's go on the ghost train. Now there were four of them, uh, Jenny, her husband and her two boys, and they had four tickets. Instantaneously, Jenny gets this thought in her head that she wants an ice cream cone, which was very unusual because she really wasn't a big fan of sweets. So she gets this, thought in her head that she wants an ice cream cone. Um, they're kind of heading over to the ride, and she says, you know what, I'm going to go get an ice cream. You guys go ahead up front of me. Uh, and unfortunately for her, that was the last time she saw her family. Um, they headed off, got into the ride, and unfortunately perished. Uh, they had gotten out of the car uh, to run and try to get out, find an exit, and they couldn't find it. Um, she showed up with her ice cream cone a few minutes later and the place was just a blaze went downhill from there so it's just so sad yeah and actually when the, they found the bodies inside the ride they initially thought nobody died because there was some confusion at the scene and they found the bodies and they were like well these have to be props because they're burnt skeletons so they actually thought they were props from the ride well and they weren't in cars and you know they were kind of right. in tucked away places but right. So I, I just, as a mother, this is a horrifying story to yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's heavy, that's for sure. So uh, they find the husband, and they find him with his arms wrapped around his two sons. He's kind of shielding them from the flames. And the other four boys had gotten out and kind of followed them. Uh, there was one boy 
who was with the other four boys who actually stayed in the car. He was behind his friends because of, you know, space that they needed in the cars. There was only four that could fit in one car. And he was riding along behind, so he had to kind of tag along. He saw them get out of the car, and when they asked him about it, he was like, I don't know, I just had this overwhelming feeling that I should stay in the car. So he actually stayed and actually lived to tell about it. He saw the other four run away and never saw them again. Yeah, that's wild. I try to put myself in those shoes. Like, if I was in a ride like that and I smelled smoke and knew it wasn't part of the actual ride, like, what would I do? Would I hop out or would I just try to stay in the car or what would I do? Oh, I, I would hop. Uh, yeah, I, I would have <laughs> yeah, probably. I, I really feel like I'd have hopped out too. Yeah, it's it's like counterintuitive to stay in the car because, you know, you think at some point this thing's going to stop running. And his name was Jason Holman. He actually stayed friends with Jenny. You know, they kind of had this survival guilt thing going on. Uh, so they stayed in touch their whole lives. Um, and Jenny's still alive, and so is so is he. But they became lifelong friends and kind of bonded over this, uh, you know, tragic experience. Don't you know she just sits there, though, and, and thinks about that creepy guy and that picture? Well, here's how she didn't even, it never even dawned on her that night that, you know, yeah, any of that like was going on. Afterwards. Yes. Well, I mean, and, now. Uh, here's I what happened. Her- I meant today. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, here's what happened. She kind of went back home to the little town. But you know you know how that is, right? She's back home and everybody's asking her how she is and she's constantly reminded of it. So she decides to pack up and she decides to move to Sydney. And she gets a job in a factory there working, uh, making medical products. For the first 12 months, that kind of gets her through and she doesn't have that constant reminder again of being in the same little town. But sometime afterwards, a friend of hers next to her neighbor knocked on the door and said, hey, I'm taking a trip. Uh, but I don't have a camera. Do you have a camera I could borrow? And she went to go get the camera. And when she got it, she opened it up to see if there was any film in there. And that's when she found the roll of film, the undeveloped roll of film. So think about that. She's sitting there thinking, should I, you know, I'm just kind of getting. Getting my, my feet back together. under me. Yeah. And she, she, you know, she has to go out and get this developed. So she gets it developed. And that's when that picture, she gets a, she gets a look at that picture. And, um, you know, the picture is like I described, it's, uh, the gentleman, he's tall, he's in really good shape. He's got a six pack going. He's got basically just a leopard skin loincloth on, and he's got, uh, this cow hide thing over his head and a little rope around his neck to kind of keep it on. And he's got these cut out eyes and it's really not apparent from that picture too. What's weird about it too is it's not really apparent how those horns are staying on his head. You know, it, it's, it's a really basic costume, but it's got to be pretty elaborate underneath. So yeah, it's, it's a super bizarre photo to begin with, but it's, it's definitely creepy. Yeah. It just, when I you think that's actually it, how I first found out about this was I was watching one of those like top 15 videos of creepy photos taken. Exactly. And uh, that came up and that's how I first heard about this whole thing. Yeah, and it, it's a real it, – she said that when she saw the picture, it made her blood run cold. So she actually contacted the authorities, and she co- actually contacted the media. And she said, hey, we have, I, you know, I have this picture. Maybe there's something to this. Maybe this guy may have followed us or something along those lines. She just had a funny feeling about it. So uh, the police you know, gave it off to the media. The media and TV stations broadcasted over the air, and they were, they were looking for this guy. And Circular K – was kind of like an area where there were a lot of buskers. So there were a lot of people there that were playing music and 
doing little acts and, you know, trying to get tips. So that becomes like kind of a community, right? Like everybody knows everybody else. But when they went and they, they questioned all these buskers, they were like, no, you know, the weird thing is we don't know who those people are at all, um, which is very unusual. So uh, the cops launch an investigation. They go question people. They can't find out who this guy is. Um, you know, they can't even hardly find any witnesses. Uh, it's broadcasted, you know, over every channel in Australia. And nobody ever comes forward. And to this day, they've never found out who it was. Well, that's because he's the god of murdering children, Perhaps. sacrificing children exactly. in hot flames. Yeah, it's it's just a really, really creepy picture and a really, really creepy story. There was a gentleman by the name of Jack Marks. Uh, he was a journalist in Australia, and he uh, was a pretty famous author. He had done uh, he was a, he was a uh, in, like an investigative reporter. So he had done, um, you know, a lot of different articles for the Sydney Herald. He had worked for uh, the local ABC affiliate. He was a guy who, you know, for want of a better term, knew his shit. He knew how to investigate stuff. So some years later, he had wrote a book that was called Australian Tragic. And in that book, he wrote about the ghost train fire um, from 1979. And uh, he actually did some boots on the ground work. Uh, and tried to find out who the guy was as well. And he did manage to scare up a couple witnesses that were there that night along with her. And they talked about how weird it was that this guy wasn't alone. He had actually showed up in what they would, a lot of them called a little parade. Uh, there were some other guys there uh, that were in equally weird costumes and they were beating a drum. And the really weird thing is there were, you know, three or four women there who were walking around with flowered headdresses, but they were topless. And, you know, that really wasn't yeah, something like you would, would do. I feel like that would stick out in my memory. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. So that wasn't something you would really do, you know? And everybody was kind of shocked at seeing them. So, you know, there's That this, just sounds like a ritual before you sacrifice a it child. It really does. It really does, you know? And it's just, it's just odd. And he even actually spoke to the boy and sought him out and put his arm around his shoulder for the picture. It said, do you want to take some photographs? So it was really, really strange, really strange. And Jenny winds up, um, she kind of gets her life together. Uh, and seven years later, you know, one of the reasons she was sick is she had a problem, um, you know, after she had the kids and they were female problems. And one of the things that when she got better, they said to her is you'll never, ever be able to have another, another baby. She gets remarried. Her name is now Jenny Podeven. And sure enough, seven years later, she has a miracle baby. You know, it's a daughter, and she's remarried, and that wasn't supposed to happen. So another weird little detail of it, you know, that uh, the ritual was supposed to be, you know, for wealth and fertility and this right. woman winds up having a baby sometime later when she's not supposed to be able to so now my brain is like being really wicked the four boys Good. that actually died were they all first children you know there's no mention of that um there's you know nobody i guess thought that really nobody else is that. as evil as i am yeah well, well if you think about it the, the investigation now, that's an excellent question i never thought of yeah yeah the investigation is done in 79 and then you know this picture comes through a few years later and at that right. point you know i guess nobody really thought about it but it'll probably be pretty easy to find out i'd be curious you know there's a lot of weird things with luna park um 
if you could think about this, this property, it sits on a really valuable little space. And um, one of the things they talk about with Luna Park is that the only reason it's there is because of its heritage, because everybody has been trying to get that you know, site right at the base of the bridge forever. So it's been through a lot of iterations, a lot of different stuff. And we're going to talk a little bit about the park itself and how weird the park is. <laughs> so um, how would you describe the front gate, Jay? Uh, I would describe it, uh, I guess, to a majority of our listeners who are, you know, probably in Jersey. If you're familiar with the shore points in Asbury Park, there's a place called the Wonder Bar, and it's got a famous painting on the side of it, uh, you know, that we call Tilly. Yeah. But it's this, this very creepy, smiley face, and uh, that's actually very similar to what the entrance of the park looks like. Imagine, like, a Tilly that you go through his mouth. It's exactly. so bizarre and creepy. Yeah, yeah. It, And it's actually supposed to be... Old King Cole was originally who it was supposed to be, you know, modeled after. But the strangest thing about it is it's a face that you pass under and you actually walk into the mouth to get into the park. But there are two pillars to the side of it that almost look like horns. If you think about it, they were almost the horns that are attached to the face. Oh, to me, they just look like castle. um, Yeah. What's that word called? Turrets. Thank you. Yeah. But they're they're lined up. Right they are on the lined side up. Of the face, sort true. of, kind of like a bull, right? You know? And for those of you who aren't from Jersey and don't know who Tilly is, the the face is it's not quite a clown. It's um, it's clownish. It's yeah. clownish, and it's got the big teeth and big lips, and you kind of walk yeah. through the mouth and under the teeth. It's probably fifteen feet tall. And here's the tall. other the other thing that's weird about Tilly. If you look at the hair. It, it's, the hair kind of looks like a couple horns. Yeah, a yeah, it does. Bit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right? It, it really does. And you know, it, it's just it's just really odd. Well, um, and the history of it, and it changed. By the way, Mike's got pictures of the gate from yeah. like every ten years, like starting in nineteen thirty eight, forty eight, fifty eight. G dug it up, yeah. and it it's it started. A little more cartoony, and then it got more and more creepy and more and more almost scary, realistic, creepy. Yeah. And then after... And they were trying to make it more friendly looking, but they <laughs> failed miserably. They did, because it got really more scary. <laughs> yeah, and this place is open to till this day, and actually, they're refurbishing it right now, uh, taking advantage of the pandemic, and they're adding nine rides. Uh, so it's not going anywhere. But there was a lot of weird things around it, and there was a lot of weird things around that night, too. The night was actually a full moon. June 9th, 1979, if anybody's familiar with the full moon theory, uh, you know, people act a little bit crazier. I am a one, 100% believer in that uh, because I would see it all the time in my sales job. If there was a full moon, people would be out of their friggin' minds the day of and the day after and a couple days before. They were just, they would say things to you that they just wouldn't normally say. Uh, everybody was in a rush for stuff. It was it was kind of weird, you know. It's 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 really odd, and I wonder, you know, there's nothing written as to when they did these child sacrifices, but I'm wondering, you know, like if there was a lunar cycle to it. Too. That could be. We're by the yeah, way. I, in I, a I was thinking about that too. I looked up to see if there's any like a, like any kind of celestial events going on on 
that specific night, but uh, I know just from the full moon alone, uh, I don't know about the Canaanites specifically, but, you know, like a lot of pagan ritual tends to happen mm-hmm. around the lunar cycle. Right. Yep. And I thought that was definitely connected. It's just this, the sheer fact that, you know, nobody can find these people yeah. who are parading around like that. Like, it's so bizarre to me. Yeah, right. that, that I mean, a, it's not like they were hiding. No. And, you know, you can kind of, you can't tell how old the guy is, but, you know, by the shape he's in, you know he's got to be in his 20s. You know, maybe early yeah. 30s. And 20s, 30s. You would think that yeah. he would want to come forward and maybe clear things up a little bit and say, Unless hey, he had something me. to do with it, so. Yeah, it's it's just a really strange coincidence, and it's a cr- super creepy picture. There are other problems with Luna Park, too. And before we get to that, let's talk a little bit about electricity, you know, not being the cause of the fire. It turns out, in the 70s, um, Sydney, Australia, was one of the most corrupt cities in the world. And... Ranked, this will make you laugh, right behind Newark, New Jersey. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, it was one of the straight, when I read that, I was like, wow, really? And so everybody was kind of on the take. The police chief was on the take, you know, the fire people were on the take. So a lot of people think that maybe the leaseholder of the park might have slipped the fire guy, you know, some money to say, hey, you know, don't, don't tell him it was freight electrical wire. So that might be what was going on. It's interesting, though, because I, I ran a roller coaster in the early 80s at Angela Park in Hazleton, Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. And those things were so mechanical, right? It was an old wooden wooden roller coaster yeah. for, that had been there for 30 or 40 years, just like this one. It would have been about the same age. Yeah. And it literally had a mechanical break. It was a... A really long, it was a, uh, the post was probably four and a half feet tall and it was wooden and I leaned it forward to let it go and I pulled it back to stop the roller coaster. So I can, I can see where there wouldn't be a lot of electrical stuff around the roller coaster. No, just the two chains, I guess, to elevate it. Yeah, I mean, it it was extremely mechanical. Right. And then what, the only electric would be. You know, in the, um, but the displays dark, around the dark the, rides have a lot of lights and right, a lot of animatronic stuff. The, yeah, the cart it would yeah. not have been the, but now it makes sense though that the roller coaster kept going and came through. Yeah, because there really was no stopping it unless someone physically moved that big bar to stop it. Yeah. I, the, the electrical going would not make the roller coaster stop. Yeah, when you look at it, it's hard to tell from the old films because that's all we have now. We have old films of what this thing looked like, and it's hard to tell whether. The cars themselves were mechanical, or were I they would were gravity? A hundred bucks that they were mechanical and gravity between yeah. the two. Yeah, because that's how. I mean, it, I don't think there's an individual motor in every car. No, right? and I don't believe that they had any opportunity. I don't think electronics were related to the car part, which yeah. is why those people got out. Yeah, yeah. So there was a ton of problems with Luna Park from the start. Um, it opened up in October of 1935, and you know, in the seventies, there was a gentleman that worked there. He was an artist and this guy's name was Martin Sharp. And he went to his grave, um, think telling everybody that there was something wrong at Luna park. There was something wrong with the symbols and the iconography that was there and the different, um, things that were artwork that was laid out. He, he was convinced, uh, that, you know, there was something satanic about Luna Park. Now, he was also a guy that dropped a lot of acid. 
<laughs> so he did um, uh, some album covers. He actually did the album cover for Cream for Disraeli Gears. But there is a great article uh, that I would point everybody uh, towards reading. That's one of the best essays I've seen in a while. Um, it's called Hellfire. And it's by a guy by the name of Richard Cook. And I'll link to it in the show notes. But you have to read it. Um, Richard started the article wanting to, you know, say that uh, Mr. Sharp was, you know, a little bit eccentric and maybe a lot of bit crazy for all these different theories. And he winds up having a amazing personal experience at the end of the article. So I'll link to it. I didn't want to read the whole thing. It's about 17 pages long, but it's a great read. It's about a 15 minute read and it'll creep you out even maybe more than the picture. But when he was talking to Martin about the, Park Martin had the theory that maybe these temples of Moloch um, were reincarnated in some way by secret relig- religions by these amusement parks, and he would point to all the different strange stuff that was in them, um, all these different weird symbols. So he was a he was an interesting cat, and he was also into Tiny Tim, big time. Which there's a little story that happened to me this week that kind of ties into this. Um, that I'll tell you guys in a little while. It, it's kind of weird, but... Yeah, also, uh, there's a video you sent me. Uh, <laughs> man, I think it's called Special Make is the uh, name of the YouTube channel. It's one word, Special Make. Uh-huh. And uh, there's not many videos up on his page, but what he has is uh, one video where he's pieced together all these pieces about the uh, about the Luna Park train fire and... Man, just the aesthetics of that video alone are so creepy. Yeah. But yeah. I'll link um, to that too. One thing you can hear too is like when you, the the face is creepy enough as it is on its own. And uh like you said, they were trying to make it friendlier, but uh he's got a section of that video where it shows you walking through the face and it sounds like on these loudspeakers there's this like maniacal laughing recordings that are happening at the same time. And it's so yeah. bizarre. Yeah. Man, it is creepy. Yeah, it really is. We just watched, he just showed me that video. Yeah, and you're was... right, G, it is creepy. And then they interlace it with this poor woman whose family died in it. And it has all this creepy background music and then pictures of the fire and pictures of the kids. And, you know, you look at the face and every like image I thought got creepier. Yeah. And you wonder the, if like the dude who, is in the cow mask yeah. is the guy that's making this video. Right. It's real. The video itself is very demented. It's the video is as creepy as the photo. Agreed. Like, Agreed. I definitely, we need to link that in the show notes. So yeah, we'll definitely, it, but, oh there, my, man, it's bizarre. This is, this is a rabbit hole. Um, you could get, you could look at some stuff online and, and just keep going down, man. You're, you're really good. Um, well, are you going to bring up Tiny Tim and the fact they actually tried to make his face look like Tiny well, Tim? Well, yeah. That, the iterations? Yeah, Martin <laughs> Martin Sharp was a big fan of Tiny Tim. So the last iteration of it that Mr. Sharp was involved with was in the 70s. And if you look at the face, it kind of looks like that whole Tiny Tim big round face thing going on and the big eyelashes and all that good stuff. Um, for younger listeners... Tiny Tim was a one-hit wonder uh, from the late 60s and into the 70s. He, he was a, a musician that uh, was in Greenwich Village, and he had different names. Um, and the reason he was called Tiny Tim was because he was six foot something. 
uh, and they were, it was kind of like a, you know, a, a cool little name for a big, tall, big guy, scary guy to have. <laughs> and he had this long hair that was uh, shoulder length and it was in these long curls. Um, and he would sing in a falsetto voice and he would play the ukulele. And one of his biggest hits is Tiptoe Through the Tulips, which was a huge, that's actually an Australian folk song. Um, from way back in the day. So he redid it and did this ukulele thing. And that's probably why this, you know, amusement park artist, Martin Sharp, fell in love with him. But And one of the things that distinguished him was his, like, really sharp, hook pointed nose. hook nose. Yeah. And yeah. that's what it was on those faces. It was like a round nose, round nose, round nose, tiny Tim nose, and then back to yeah. round nose in the 80s, right? It yeah. was just bizarre. Yeah, it was. The, it's, it's weird. And the whole thing with tiny Tim is weird. And then at one point they named their... Uh, they brought Tiny Tim over. And the weird thing was, this is kind of after Martin Sharp was working there. They kind of brought him over and they dedicated the new narrow gauge train, you know, little kitty train to Tiny Tim. And they called it the Tiny Town Train. <laughs> and they had him in, interestingly enough, um, right after this. And they're, in that video that you're talking about, Jay, he talks a little bit about the fire. Um, yeah. And then he also is famous for doing, he, at one time he did a, a world record performance at Luna Park. He sang professionally for two and a half straight hours to break a Guinness world record. So that's, <laughs> he's kind of tied into it, um, you know, somehow. And it's kind of weird, like, where does that come from? You know, and I guess it's from the artist. But the weirdest thing about that was on Monday, I'm reading the Hellfire article in preparation to do the show. And, you know, yeah. they mentioned Tiny Tim. So then I go out uh, for a drive to go do some errands and stuff like that. And I get in the car and I'm listening to 101.5, New Jersey 101.5. And they have on there the uh, Big Is, Buddha Is, the ukulele player from Hawaii, uh, singing What a Wonderful World. And they're kind of playing it. And... You know, if you've ever seen Big Is, he's he's dead. He died at 39 years old, but he's like a, you know, 400, 500-pound guy, and he plays this ukulele. He's got a beautiful voice. Um, so they played that, and right afterwards, the other DJ starts talking about Tiny Tim. <laughs> <laughs> now, I haven't thought about Tiny Tim. Who thinks about Tiny Tim? Nobody I, thinks about Tiny Tim. I haven't Tim. thought about Tiny Tim. I, my, I had an uncle that lived with me that was into – tiptoe through the tulips when it came out <laughs> and he would come home drunk and play it like at one o'clock in the morning on the 45 and you know wake the whole house up and we he was a little bit hard of hearing so we had to go down and tell him to you know turn it down you know and that's the last time i thought of tiny tim i was probably like 12 or 13 years old and here you get this article you know you're reading it you go out that day you get hit with tiny tim on 101.5 you know and then i look into it a little bit more and he's so tied in with this and the other thing showing up in this Luna Park. Yeah. And then the other thing yeah. was the DJ the DJ started talking about a Hawaii in Hawaiian legends. And they started talking about the literally our last show, they were talking about the night procession and how weird it is that they have all these weird legends over in Hawaii. So I don't we think just covered that. Yeah. And I don't right. So it, it was like weird. It was like really surreal to hear all that stuff going on. It was so many synchros going on that day. And I was just like, wow, I texted you right away to let you know. 
And it, it, yeah, it then was I just... asked you if you've seen uh, that movie Insidious. <laughs> yeah, so every time, yeah, so I didn't even tell you. I don't you know that. if you end up watching it or not. No, yeah. you did not. So he, and actually, you were talking to me before that about Insidious a little bit. You had you had texted me yeah. and said, "Hey, did you ever see Insidious?" And this is before I broke the Tiny Tim stuff on you, you know. And then afterwards, you tell me about Insidious, and you know, I I I have not watched it yet. I didn't get a chance to do it last night because I was doing this outline that tripped me up today. So. You know, I'm, I'm watching that. I didn't get a chance to watch it yet, but you said there's a section in there where they play a Tiny Tim song. Well, there's multiple sections, and what's crazy about it is it's associated with this, like, demon. It's like the demon's theme song. So anytime they hear uh, Tiptoe Through the Tulips, like, there's the demons there. So you wonder, right? Did they Well, get... that's interesting. Well, that's a connection. Yeah, and it's a very, it's a very Moloch-looking demon. Yeah, well, so, of course it is. So did they <laughs> go down the rabbit hole we went down before they did the movie, or is this just all one crazy, crazy coincidence? Well, maybe no Tiny Tim is also a Moloch. Maybe Tiny Tim is Moloch. Yeah. <laughs> My theory. He could be, man. He's a scary guy. He, he is a scary looking guy. Can I have your children? Yeah, <laughs> dancing in with his ukulele. Jesus, yeah. man. So, yeah, it it's just a... It was just a lot of weird stuff going on this week with this story when I was getting ready for it. I actually can't wait for it to be over, but it is <laughs> it is a great story, and it's really, really interesting. Um, you know, yeah, we'll did link- you, uh, I think I'm on a slight delay, but uh, yeah. I was going to ask if, if you looked into any of the, uh, like the crazy uh, child disappearances in the 70s and 80s in like Australia in general. Now, you know why? Because, man, it is, a, it is a high number. Really? I don't know if the it's dingo linked, ate but, my uh, baby. Oh, yeah, remember that? Yeah, right? I, I know in that era, in general, it's like, you know, stranger danger. But, yeah, man, uh, there's definitely high number of disappearances. And like, in and around panic. that area in the same time frame. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're right. That did all happen at the same time. The yeah. satanic, you know, everybody's in the woods in the doing satanic rituals. Yeah. Be afraid of strangers, cutting, all that. Cutting the head off squirrels. Ozzy bit the bat's head off. Oh, that was a good all one, that too. good stuff. That was yeah. all in the 70s. Yeah, really, when you were looking through, did you see a lot of that stuff? Yeah, that's. I mean, it's just one rabbit hole I kind of fell down when I was looking at other disappearances. I really, after we get done recording this, I really want to see if I can find out anything on those kids. Because if the one survivor ended up being like a second child... And those right. other ones were all first childs. Man, that is a bizarre. And that's, that's why bizarre. And that's why this but was I'm, so hard to. Yeah, it was so hard to write this out last night when I was trying to crunch and get it done, because you know you you had a couple of days off and we definitely wanted to get you in on this episode. So you know, it kind of had a crunch time. And then every time I looked at something last night, something else unraveled. Um, it was pretty crazy. I don't know if unraveled's the right word or or became more intricate and more involved right it's like every everything you looked at there was a connection to it yeah it was bizarre yeah and that's been happening a lot anyway lately but it it just really is a weird weird story um we'll link to that hellfire article um the end of that article for that reporter is really weird Uh, he has a personal tragedy in it and you've got to read it. It's crazy. Um, we'll link also to the video and let you guys take a look at that too. Um, you know, my thought is it's almost too much of a coincidence to be nothing. You know, I, I can't imagine that that picture doesn't mean something 
I just feel as if, you know, it, the timing of it and everything about it is just so crazy. Um, you know, we got all this stuff going on now, nowadays, you know, with these Q people. I don't touch that stuff with a 10-foot pole, but, you know, they're all into this Moloch and all that other good stuff. So you got to watch how far you go down the rabbit holes. But it uh, it really is a strange, strange story. Yeah, I mean, the strangeness is definitely abundant in the whole situation. And uh, I just something that we kind of underplayed is uh, – the overwhelming feeling that the uh, both survivors had, well, I guess the wife and the kid that actually made it out, like they had this overwhelming feeling like he didn't want to get in the car. She wanted that ice cream, and apparently she hated it. But, you know, it was, was kind of like they didn't even have uh, a choice in the matter. Yeah, yeah. You you know what? You hear that a lot, too, from people who, like, survive, don't get on the plane, and it crashes, that kind of stuff. It's almost like they have, I had this overwhelming feeling. You know, that I just couldn't get on that plane or whatever. It's interesting. It really is. What are your thoughts on it? You think there's something to it, Jay? Uh, I I definitely, I think I'm kind of leaning towards, uh, not to be super skeptical, but that uh, the Abraham Saffron. Uh-huh. Because uh, I, I found out a little bit that he was, there was a few other places that he had taken a lot of interest in. Yeah. And five specifically, uh, all burnt down. Right. So, and they couldn't. Uh, they were. It was all arson in each case, but they could never link it uh, to him. You know. Right. So I feel like there's definitely something there, but you can't discount that photo, man. Like it's so, it's so weird, and there's the park itself is strange. Yeah, and, uh, maybe you I, know. I honestly, I thought it was strange to begin with, but man, what's <laughs> I can't stress enough that video. Yeah. That, like, took it to a next level for me. Yeah, and it's got me questioning everything in every amusement park I've ever been in. You know, like, we, we were talking, and, you know, you went to Wildwood a lot. I went to Dorney Park a lot, the old Dorney Park, not the new one with the 14 roller coasters. I went when they had, you know, the old uh, journey to the center of the year of Log Flume, and the stuff that was on there, that was crazy. And you, you had Alfundo was everywhere, the creepy clown. Yeah, there's a lot of crazy stuff, uh, artwork wise in amusement parks i think that's just true in general i mean i i went to dog patch usa in the ozarks when i was a kid right <laughs> and it's all of the images are creepy they're just right on the edge of being scary right right angela park same thing italian family owned it angela was mama angela right. and just every image was just right on the edge of being frightening yeah and think about all that weird stuff they hide in pixar movies right you know Makes you wonder. It really yeah. does. Oh, by the way, I you know, taught uh, me something tonight. What's that? I had never heard the term term busker. Oh, really? Really, I was. You kept using it, and I I figured out what it meant. That it meant people who yeah. entertain for for you know nickels. It's more and dimes. like a UK word. But I had never heard it. Yeah, so we thank call you them, for teaching me. We something. call them a pain in the ass. <laughs> <laughs> and it really is a real word. I actually looked it up just to make sure he wasn't making it up. Yeah. No, it's uh, it's more a UK word, so you know that's how it fits in with Australia, you know. Um, yeah, you know, th- I I agree. I I mean, Abe definitely could have been behind a fire, but maybe, you know, Malik knew it was going to happen, and he's like there yeah. celebrating, taking advantage of the uh, the occasion, you know. He didn't yeah, have to so set far, the fire. Wanna, <laughs> if they want to look into it, 
I, I think uh, I'm definitely a couple things I'm going to look up is, uh, you know, if, if I can find out anything about those boys being firstborns. The other thing I want to look at is uh, basically any any kind of uh, like solar or celestial rituals line up with that date. Exactly. June 9th. Yeah. Uh, other other than the full moon, which we know about, but uh, just to see if any kind of a, uh, you know, ceremonial pagan or, you know, the canonite rituals like would take place on that day because that'd also be kind of crazy. Yeah, I kind of thought this would be a nice, easy little story and we would, you know, do it and be done with it. And I, I kind of want to spend like four or five weeks unfolding it you know <laughs> yeah yeah and it yeah. Was, like last night you and i were texting back and forth and i thought to myself has there ever been anything else that's happened similar um you know at any other amusement parks and i know that at a six flags uh there was another dark ride that um and this is weird because it's subsequent to what happened in 1979 and you know i kind of read a byline of it real quick but i'm talking like i read it like 15 minutes ago and didn't have a time to look into it but at another six flags um there was a dark ride that caught on fire and eight people died so you know we go from seven to eight i don't know very weird what did you think about it what do you think i mean you lean towards everything being explainable yeah yeah (laughs) yeah i do except for i also think there's really horrible humans in the world yeah right and so i don't believe I believe yeah, it doesn't have to be paranormal. Correct. It could just be correct. So I, in this particular case, I believe that that group of people had something to do with this. Yeah. I mean, it's because, you know, once again, it's involved with a religion, right? And how correct. crazy do people, people yeah. are crazy about religion. Yeah, They really are. It is the number one cause of war and destruction in the world. It really is. When you really think about it, yep. you know, it's, it's, it makes people more tribal. And that's never a good thing, you know? Well, tribal is, I mean, religion too. I mean, it's about building a community of people that you can rely on and, you know, have there to help protect you and protect your family. And I mean, religion is not just about following a bunch of rules. It's about building that community, yeah, right? And having everybody have the same sense for reasons of survival is historically how that all grew up, right? Yeah, yeah. And it's it's weird too. They kind of got together all the mothers, the mother of the victims, the two mothers, and they were uh, well. The I think there's more than two. There's like five mothers, and they got together, and they wanted to. After this picture came out and a bunch of other stuff came out, when Abe died, they wanted a full investigation done, and government basically said, "No, we're not going to rip the you know rip the scab off. We're going to leave this the way it is." Yeah, I would. I would still be screaming. Yeah. If it were my child. So So that's that's pretty much the ghost train fire. Um uh we decided to um play a little bit of a game uh between G and I and uh he can do the next outline if he loses. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, man, I didn't know that was happening tonight. Oh well you can't back out let's of it now, it. buddy. Let's yeah. Do it, let's do it. Let's do it. I'm yeah. ready. So what we got I'm is we got to bamboozle you. Yeah. So I want to let Tracy take it over. She's going to run the little contest. Go yes, ahead. I am. So here's the rules. I will ask one of you a question. If you answer it correctly, you get a point. If you answer it incorrectly, I will give the other party the opportunity to steal that point. Got However, it. if the other party tries to steal... And fails, you get a minus one. Right. And these are multiple choice questions, too. They are multiple choice questions. So I will be giving you multiple choice. So let's start with G. Got any questions, G, before we get started? 
No, I, think I don't want any excuses if you lose. <laughs> pretty straightforward, right? Right? Okay, G. Which country is home to the Nazca Lines? A. Peru. Okay. He, he is absolutely 100% correct. So a point for G. Michael, how many suits are in a tarot deck? Four. You get your point without even having We to don't even need the multiple Who choice. Who needs bro? multiple choice? <laughs> All right, G, back to you. Where would you, this is a give me, where would you travel if you wanted a chance to see Nessie? Uh, Scotland. Yes. <laughs> Michael, back to you. What is the general purpose of dousing? Finding water. That is correct. Back to G. What was the name of the squadron of planes which mysteriously disappeared over the Atlantic? Dude, if you get oh, this one man. wrong. If you so get here wrong. are the four. Yeah. <laughs> you should know this without these four, but I'll pop them out there. A is Flight 105. B is Flight 19. C is Flight 38. And D is Flight 5. I am not 100% sure, but I'm going to go with B, Flight 19. Nice. Flight 19 is correct. (laughs) Awesome. All right. I thought I had him on that one. I did too. I thought you were going to get a chance to steal. All right. What paranormal event, Michael, is Kecksburg famous for? Uh, It's a UFO incident. Okay. Back to G. Where is Area 51? By state. Which state? Oh, Jesus. Nevada. That is correct. She had to look for that I had one. to look. I didn't know the answer to that one. All right. G has four. Michael has three. Where is the Hollow Earth Research Society located? Do you need the multiple oh, yeah, choice? Need the, yeah. All right. Denmark, China, Sweden, 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 or Canada? I'm going to say Denmark. You would not be correct. Fuck off. I'm down. All right. So, gee, chance to steal. No chance to go ahead. Oh, I'm yeah, it does pass have on a, that yeah. steal. You're going to pass on the steal? All right. Yeah, the answer is Canada. Crazy Canucks. I would have been totally Canucks. wrong. All right. So, G's up. 4-1. All right. 4-3. I'm sorry. 4-3. <laughs> you are correct. <laughs> I can't count. I have three marks. Does that count as? And it's his question, too. It is his question. Here we go. Ogopogo is a lake monster. Which country is home to this creature? Give the choices. The choices are Canada, the United States, Spain, or Brazil. Oh, man. I... I'm going to say Spain. You would be incorrect. Michael, time for the steal. Um, I am going to say the United States. And you would be incorrect. Oh, Jesus. So Michael is now. It's Canada, dude. It is Canada. You know what? See, I thought it was like on the board. I thought it was one of the Great Lakes. And I was like, well, I'm going to isolate U.S. and Canada because right. those would both be. This creature is said to live in the province of British Columbia. Well, there you just go. Just for your oh, information. It's a Vancouver thing. That's right. I yeah. need to just always go with my instincts. Go. go with the instincts. 
All right, Michael, back to you. You only have two now. It's four to two. I was almost correct with my four to one. You miss one more like that one, and you, you'll be four to one. Yep. Uh, according to paranormal researchers, which is which of these statements is not true about white lady ghost? A, they are always seen in pairs. B, they are often thought to be harbingers. C, often found at the site of a tragedy. D, they are seen all over the world. A. Uh, that has to be correct, but I'm going to read it just to make sure. And it's Harbinger, by the way, not Harbinger. Okay, perfect. So you are back up to three, but you may get a minus one for correcting <laughs> the host. All right, back to G. Which bridge is associated with Mothman? The Golden Gate, London Bridge, Silver Bridge, or Story Bridge? Oh, man. Well, I know it's... I, I feel like it's Story Bridge. Is that your final answer? Yes. Michael for the steal. I would like an opportunity to steal and say Silver Bridge. You would be back <laughs> up. No, I think we're tied again. That's correct. Yeah. That, what I meant was you're back to four. Back in the game, man. Back in the game. Back in the game. Back in the game. All right. Over to Michael. Where am I? Here we go. In which of these years did a UFO allegedly crash in Spitsbergen, in Spitsbergen, Norway? Oh, God. 1890, 1946, 1921, or 1911? Can I get the, the answers again? Yes, you can. Okay. 1890, 1946, 1921, or 1911? I'm going to say 1946. You That's would be correct. Guess. Oh, Jesus. You're now up to five. Oh, that was luck. <laughs> All right, G. Ralph Samuelson said that he invented what water skiing after sighting which creature? What? Right? I, I put a again. what in there that didn't belong. <laughs> Ralph Samuelson said that he invented water skiing after sighting which creature? Peppy, Nessie, Ogopogo, or Oki? Hmm. Oh, man. Yeah, read those again. Can I get those one more time? Yes, you may. Peppy, Nessie, Ogopogo, or Oki? I'm going to say Oki. Michael for the steal. What's the dude's name again? Ralph Samuelson. That sounds like a Nordic name. You know? I know the name. (laughs) You know what? I'm going to pass. All right. And he's going to pass on that. The correct answer would be Peppy because it was Lake Pepin. Oh, there you go. Good. All right. I was going to say Ogopogo. (laughs) You would have been wrong. You'd have been back to four. You guys would have been tied up. All right. What was seen in the sky traveling between Middleburg and Whitbank in 2009? The choices, Michael, are seven black and red ships flying in a diamond formation, four green ovals, one silver saucer, or two formations of red-orange objects. What was the name of the town, the two towns again? Middleburg and Whitbank. So 
sounds English to me. Yeah, it sounds English. I'm, I'm just going to go with a saucer. Why would anybody say anything different? You would be incorrect. Oh. G, would you like to steal? Yeah, A. A was seven black and Dime red formation. ships, and that would not be correct. Two formations of red-orange oh. objects. <laughs> the sighting occurred in February of 2009. More of these objects were seen in March. You got greedy, bro. G, you're down to three. <laughs> Listen to you. Okay. Back to G. To get you get you back to four. The Florida I cannot speak today. Neither the Florida I. Everglades are said to be the home of which monster? The skunk ape, Mothman, Yeti, or the Bell Witch? Of course the skunk ape. Bingo. Yes, yes. I even knew that without looking. I'm proud of myself. All right, back to Michael. Who was the author of the book Beyond the Light? Your options are Elizabeth Clarer, Antonio Boas, Ronald Sprinkle, or Harold T. Wilkins. Harold T. Wilkins. G for the seal. Can I get that one more time? Sure. Who is the author of the book Beyond the Light? Elizabeth Clarer, Antonio Boas, Ronald Sprinkle, or Harold Wilkins? It's not Harold Wilkins. <laughs> it is not Harold Wilkins. Well, I I feel like it was George Norrie, so I'm going to pass. <laughs> All right. He is not going to steal, and it was Elizabeth Clarer. Uh, Back to you, G. All right. What kind of creature is said to make its home in Enfield? E-N-F-I-E-L-D. Enfield. Enfield. A, a poltergeist. B, a Sasquatch. C, the little dog thing that I can't say. Chupacabra. Chupacabra. Thank you. Or a dog-headed man. I I believe it's a poltergeist. Bingo. Michael for the steal. Enfield? It's a poltergeist. It's absolutely a poltergeist. And if it's different on there, it's wrong. <laughs> yeah, it is. Did they did they misprint there? Enfield. No, I looked at the wrong answer. Yeah, he's you, right. You are correct. It yeah. is a poltergeist. Enfield is where those two little British girls right. were getting thrown I was around. I seriously questioning myself yeah. for a second. Nope, right? nope. You're good. You're good. You're good. You'll understand why I got confused in a minute. So back to Michael. Betty and Bernie Hill were an American couple who claimed that they were abducted by aliens. Where did they claim they were when the incident occurred? Michigan, New Hampshire, Delaware, or South Dakota? New Hampshire. You would be correct. Michael goes to six. So we're six to five, G. Now here comes the explanation of why I got confused. Which creature is described as being reptile-like with spines on its back and is often called the goat sucker? Oh, that's definitely Chupacabra. Yes, it is. Now you know why I got confused on the last one. So you are tied up six to six. The Enfield Chupacabra. Yep. <laughs> well, the, the, plot twist. Anyway, <laughs> plot twist. <laughs> it's like one of those. Uh, Always rely on me to bring the twist. What's that thing you when you you, think you remember you remember it wrong? The Mandela effect. The Mandela effect. <laughs> yeah, that's me. Well, you don't remember the Enfield Chupacabra? <laughs> yeah, sure you do. You remember that? <laughs> All right, Michael. Back to you. Where would you have to go to see Mocha? Mokeli Mbimbi. Oh, jeez. The um, answer is either 
Congo River, India, Peru, or the Alps? What's the name again? Mokeli Mbimbi. I'm going to go with the Congo River. Ding, 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 ding. The creature has been the subject of a number of books and movies. However, no one has ever been able to get a picture of the animal. I could see me on Amazon tonight. Yeah, right? Googling Mkeko Membi. <laughs> All right, back to G. Not only back to G, but we come back to New Jersey. Ooh. All right. Mother Leeds, do I need to say anything more, is accused of giving birth to what? The Jersey Devil. Yes, sir. A bullshit story. <laughs> and 12 other kids. <laughs> right? All right, you're tied up at 7-7. Seven, seven. We All can't right. have that. We can't have that, guys. You can't end it in a tie. We'll have Sudden to get a tiebreaker. Tie we can't arm wrestle. <laughs> <laughs> The top, Michael, the top secret MJ-12 documents contain information about what paranormal topic? Aliens. Ghosts, Bermuda Triangle, sea monsters, or aliens? Aliens. You would be correct. You now have eight. Back to G. Wait a minute. How did I go from six to eight? Because you, you got the that? last one right, right, and that was seven. Good. You're cool. Gee, what creature, what kind of creature terrorized New Delhi in 2001? A monkey man, a skunk ape, a dog man, or a chupacabra? Oh, man. Delhi? <laughs> it was the angry man sent him back to see. As in India. <laughs> know anything about India? I'll give you the answers one more time. Monkey man, skunk ape, dog I'm man. I'm going A, monkey man. Yeah. You would be correct. you got to be monkey man, right? Right? It's That's India. about, yeah. All right, back over to Michael. Next time one of the the customer service people are on, where do they call you from there? you got to ask them about the monkey ask man. Ask them about the monkey man? <laughs> Probably get some good stories. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Ask William, because that's really man. what his name is. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I do have a funny story about that, right? I have a whole team of yeah, people over in India, yeah. right? And the team lead for my people in India, he's he's Indian, but his name is Calvin Fernandez. No joke. Yeah. <laughs> and he's Catholic. Yeah. So the only, wow. yeah, right? But, descended from the conquistadors that were there. And he does. He looks like a Spanish conquistador. It's really bizarre. He's like six foot four and he's got that pointy chin and it's it's weird. But anyway, so. Not so ordering Cal any biryani from Calvin Fernandez. No, no. He's funny when he talks about his wife because his wife is Hindu. And so he, he just, they, they actually have names for like, she's got six sisters. And the first aunt is called one name. The second aunt's called another name. I don't mean proper name. I mean, it's like a, a title okay. for the first aunt versus yeah. the second aunt. Right. He said, I just call them the skinny one or the fat bottom one. Yeah, I'm Irish. <laughs> we call them drunken uncle. Yeah. Skinny one and a fat bottom one. I yes. Like that. <laughs> that is my Indian friend who's the Catholic boy. Interesting stuff. All right, gee, back to you. Uh, which paranormal right. creature... Am I on G or Michael? Oh, no. <gasps> See, your I'm Calvin on Fernandez story threw I did. Off. Calvin threw me off. I'm no, on... I think you're on mic. I, I am on mic. You are absolutely correct. I am on mic. Which paranormal creature is described as being a biped with wings that emits a blood-curdling scream? <laughs> <laughs> Give me the choices. 
Mokelly, Ogopogo, Nessie, or the Devil from Jersey? The Jersey Devil. You would be correct. We are back to tied up at eight. Oh, God. All right. Back to G. What occurrences led President Harry Truman to personally call the Air Force and ask for an explanation? The Mothman incident, orange lights near the White House, ghost rockets, or the Roswell crash? Huh. I'm say orange lights near the White House. You would be correct. Wow. I didn't know anything about that. I didn't either. We're going to have to look that one up. That's a new one on me. Do you know anything about that? It's Was a that good a one? Good? Yeah, yeah. It's, there's a there's a famous photo, and uh, like they're right on the Capitol. <laughs> wow, interesting. We'll have to look that one up. Damn. What object did Al Cobb believe was the source of the paranormal happenings in his house? A dresser, a desk, a bed, or a trunk? A bed. That would be correct. Yeah, I remember that one. All right, we're tied up still, nine to nine. Back to G. Which president, which future president filed a UFO sighting? Jimmy Carter, Gerald Ford, Bill Clinton, or George Bush? Jimmy Carter. You are correct. That's another story we're going to have to tell one day. That sounds yeah, entertaining. Yeah, it is a good one. Jimmy Carter's peanut man uh, UFO. <laughs> All right, back to Michael. Where does the lake monster Selma live? Kenya, Canada, Brazil, or Norway? How's it spelled? Selma, S yeah. as in Alabama, S-E-L-M-A, Selma. And what are the choices again? Kenya, Canada, Brazil, or Norway? It's a total guess. Uh I want to go to Norway. You would be correct. And if you can pronounce the name of the lake in Norway, I will give you a dollar. Let me see. I'll do anything for a dollar. <laughs> lake Seljavostadan. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Gee. If you wanted to go to the site of the Berwyn Mountain Crash, which country would you have to visit? Canada, Switzerland, UK, or Soviet Union? What crash? Yeah, slow down. A we'll, bit. We'll, I'm sorry. If you wanted no, to go we'll, to the site of the Berwyn Mountain crash, Berwyn Mountain. Which country would you have to visit? Canada, Switzerland, the UK, or the Soviet Union? I'm going to pass. I have no idea. Well, you got to. You gotta guess. You, guess. you won't lose a point. Right, you don't Remember? lose a point. Yeah, you're not your, stealing. Yeah, just take All a right, stab. Then I'm then I'm gonna say uh, Switzerland. The UK, the media. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, I did not give you a chance to steal. Oh, it's okay. I wasn't okay. gonna get it anyway. I was gonna say no because I don't even know where Berwyn Mountain. Is. I've never heard of that one. So the media often label it as the Roswellsh incident. Does that make ring oh, a bell? Okay. Ah, uh, I see. See what they did there. You see what they did there? Yeah. Okay. You out of questions? We're out of questions. And we're tied? And we're tied. Oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, man. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, I guess I'm doing the next outline. Yep. <laughs> Save by the bell, G. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll do the next outline. Oh, uh, we good. kidding, buddy. That was good. <laughs> that was good, right? We got to join do us next often. time for a bamboozled. Yeah, right.
Yeah, cre- 20 creepy questions. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're, we're kicking it back to Jersey now, right? Um, did you get a chance to check out that uh, Manitinko Pond Bigfoot video? No. You know what? And I looked it up, too. Okay. And I couldn't find anything. Yeah. You know, Bigfoot kind of had a bad year last year, right? Uh, along with everybody else. Uh, we got Bigfoot, uh, you know, uh, basically he's a fairy now. Right. So he had a really, yeah, yeah he had a really Sounds bad, good. yeah. He had a really bad year last year. And I was hoping like, cause I'm real down on Bigfoot lately, you know, he is. that'll he, change. He's actually <laughs> <laughs> Give me two good pictures and I'm back in the game. Right. I mean, this is the guy that had 14 shows on Bigfoot and was all excited about it. And yeah. he is just uninterested in talking about it these days. But then 101.5 had, um, yeah. Uh, this thing one about this great oh you got to see this and and i mean basically it's just some guy taking a still photo and talking about the still photo and there's something furry underneath a tree and you can i don't know to me it looks like a deer <laughs> so yeah and it, it's a blob squatch you know and it was just really disappointing i was hoping for something good but it's very close to me i can travel there so we're supposed to get some snow next week. So what I'm thinking, oh, perfect. yeah, what I'm thinking is, I mean, that literally is probably like 35 minutes from here. So what I'm going to do is if we get some fresh powder next week, I'm going to travel down the next day and see if I can't find, uh, you know, some big ass footprints, you know, or he actually said it was a little one. So they may be little footprints, but I'm going to go check it out. But I was just disappointed. I opened this thing up and it's like a blob squatch. And New Jersey 101.5 made a big deal out of it. And he didn't go to, he didn't, gonna, re, he didn't report it to the BFRO. He didn't, he did not make a report. But the YouTube channel is Man of Light. That's the channel. It's called Man of Light. So if you look at Man of Light, he's got some stick, you know, structures that he's, uh, he's at this Manitinko pond, which is kind of, kind of over near like Salem and that kind of stuff. So, you know, it's kind of over there and he's got a, he's got like four or five videos on there, but nothing. I mean, he doesn't have any footprints, anything else. He's just got a bunch of stick structures and he swears to God that there's a whole family of Bigfoot in there. You know how these guys are. He's like, yeah, there's like five, six, seven of them. <laughs> you know, like one of the, you know, one of those kind of guys. If you ask him next week, it'll be seven, eight, nine of them. But I will make the trek out there to check it out. After the 18 inches of snow? Well, hopefully we only get maybe like six. But, yeah, I got boots. You got boots? You can do it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, yeah. That'll be a cool investigation, though. Seriously. Yeah. What the hell? You know, that's the time to go, too, when you get that fresh powder down. That is yeah. true. Because you're, you're able to see where all the life living in the woods walk. Exactly. So, whether it's a bird or a Bigfoot. Yeah. So we'll see. You get the guy what did you find? Cloven hoof footprints. <gasps> there you go. Then? That would be awesome. <laughs> and and if Tiny Tim is playing going. in the background, I'm back run. in. Back in on. <laughs> J- yeah. <laughs> oh man. I wonder if we can uh, clip that song into this show. Oh, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, it'll be in there. I'll put some sound. It's his death too. song too, which is really creepy too. Right? He yeah, kills he over on stage that. singing that song. Yeah, and he died. In Minneapolis, or not Minneapolis, but Minnesota, 
he had a heart attack while he was singing Tiptoe Through the Tulips. Wow. That should not make me giggle. Anyway. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I really appreciate uh, you guys joining us tonight. and uh, It was good to be back. Yeah, it's good to have you back. You're going to be back more often Heck now yeah. that your back's good, right? Exactly. And right, I've awesome. got, like, energy again. It's scary. <laughs> yeah. So we'll, we'll have uh, something else in a couple of weeks. We'll get this... Uh, get this uh, Manitinko uh, investigation taken care of and uh, like to thank you guys for joining us. If you could think about supporting the uh, podcast monetarily, that would be great. Um, you know, a little bit of gas money to get over to Manitinko. And uh, you can check us out on Patreon. Uh, you go to Wicked Garden Podcast there, and for a dollar a month, you can get access to uh, extra content and also get some inside information on the show. So I'd like to thank you for joining us tonight. And I'm your host, Mike. I'm your co-host, Tracy. And I'm G. We'll see you guys next time. Thanks. And it's feared the death toll could rise to as high as seven in that tragic blaze at Luna Park tonight. It's unknown how many people are actually dead in there at the moment. But we do know that up to 11 cars were trapped in the ghost train. When Mr. Godson and all his family perished, with the exception of his wife. I was from the country. I came down here to share a, a night with my family and my whole world just sort of fell to pieces. On the morning of the fire, we decided to, um, to, um, part of the festival and while we were standing there just out of nowhere a figure appeared and Damien was rather frightened and rather taken back when he came up to us but he just stood there and this, this beast like person put his hand on his shoulder and I just took the photo we decided at the last minute that we would all still go to Luna Park because we were going home the next day and it was probably about 8 o'clock when we arrived at Luna Park at night. And, um... We'd only had about four tickets left and we asked the children which ride they enjoyed the most and they chose the ghost train. Yes, there are lots of ghosts in here. You'll shiver and quake and the ghost train. <laughs> when I bought my ice cream, I walked over to the front of the, the ride. And I could see that they already got on the ride without me. And I was just standing there eating my ice cream and all of a sudden I saw the smoke and the flames. It's been an absolute night of tragedy here at the, at the Luna Park in North Sydney. I sat with a woman most of the evening who cried, was in tears for more than three hours before she learned that her two children aged four and six were dead and her 29-year-old husband had also perished in this inferno. It's tragic. And I knew that John and the children were in there. And at that stage, I 
just lost all control and they put me in an ambulance. Because I was, I was in so much shock, I had what some people might say is a death experience. And I could see into a big black tunnel and at the other end of that tunnel was this beautiful white light and the image of Jesus in a gown and his long hair. And he was saying to me, it's not your turn yet. You go back, you go back. And this seemed to go on for hours. So God's son, God and his son. The name is so similar to the family who perished. They were the heroes. They were the soldiers of sacrificial lambs. Although an electrical fault is believed to have triggered the blaze, police, fire and Department of Labor and Industry officials were on the site once again today, sifting through the ruins. Many questions surrounding the tragic fire still remain unanswered. We're now satisfied that the fire was as a result of an electrical fault within the building. By far the most dramatic claim of the day came from Dr. Anthony Stokes, senior lecturer in electrical engineering at Sydney University. In his opinion, there has been no material evidence found yet that prompts him to conclude that electrical failure was responsible for starting the Luna Park fire. Just for fun. that everyone, after what happened to those kids in the middle of the year of the child, and especially the, the man's name being John God's son, and uh, been in a full moon, death striking, where man has mocked death, etc. So there's a big lesson to be learned from it. I hope I learned my lesson from it. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, your safety is most important to us. So please do not rock the boat and never ever place your hands outside the boat. Thank you, and enjoy your trip. <laughs> it's the wind of the willows, sadly they sigh. It's the wind in the willows, saying goodbye. For the sound of your laughter, Whispers their song, they are murmuring never, never the same. You have vanished forever, gone as you came. Like a dream, you have faded, died like a flame. But the wind in the willows whispers your name. Yes, I can't forget the wonderful times I've had here at Luna Park. And the wind in the willows whispers the name of this great place, no matter where one goes, to those who've known it.
are closing down for our next session. Luna Park, just for fun, presents matinees on Saturdays and holidays. Goodbye now from Luna Park, just for fun.